0: Shocker, as Draymond Green is suspended for Game 3. With this, is it what ends the Warriors' dynasty? We're going to talk about it in today's episode of Locked On NBA. Let's go! You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day welcome to another edition of locked on nba the daily podcast covering everything you want to know about the association on wednesdays i'm your usual co-host jake madison at nola jake on twitter host of the locked on pelicans podcast which i just said and i got Raphael barlow of locked on nba big board with me dude what's going on thanks for hopping
1: on nothing much just uh super busy trying to watch the playoffs and create draft content but you know, what else are are you home
0: do? right now or are you somewhere exotic in the world scouting players?
1: I am in the exotic location of my home. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no I, I'm at home. I haven't really been traveling as much this year. We had a baby, he's still under a year old, so I've been trying to stick around. Uh, But you've seen a lot of the big names in
0: person, so if if you need a, a good fix for draft coverage, this is the guy to go to. But we had some fun in the association here. But before we get to that and the big news about Draymond Green, thank you for making Locked on NBA your first listen today and every day. We're covering everything you want to know about the league five days a week, some of our best hosts on the network here. So let's get into this one. The big news coming out. Before we get into any of the playoff games, is Draymond Green suspended for game three for stomping on Sabonis' chest? Rafael, this what you expected at all?
1: No, not, not at all, especially considering that Sabonis grabbed his foot. So I thought that, you know, there was not saying that it was justified for what Draymond did, but I thought that it was a reaction. And then I thought by ejecting him was going to be enough, but... I'm actually I'm actually stunned stunned that that he was suspended.
0: Yeah, you know, like the it's always interesting to see players' reactions to this, especially on Twitter, and a lot of players were also shocked by this. They really seemed to think that that suspension should have been enough, which mm-hmm. I think really tells you something about kind of what went on there. It feels a little bit like his past history with however you wanted to fight it antics stuff, you know, all of that seemed to really kind of play in. he's never really been suspended for something like this before. Even in that series in the finals against the Cavaliers he was suspended and missed a game because of an accumulation of technicals not because of they were like what you did was wrong. Is this kind of his past catching up to him?
1: I I think so. I definitely think so and then I mean I don't think like the way that he left the arena last night. No. He's He's standing there and he's but that's Draymond. That is just Draymond being Draymond. And I'm a Draymond supporter. There was a situation where he was here in Dallas playing pickup a few years back. And the same way he acts during the game is how he was playing in a pickup game. But he changed the dynamics of the game because I mean these are refs. I mean, these are like NBA refs that were just, you know, there to make sure mm-hmm. the games were clean. But he just was barking at the refs. And it was it was probably like August or something like that and uh, I remember uh, Mo Williams who was holding the event he was like this is part of his season preparation is just like everybody else is getting you know their shots up and they're trying to prepare this is him barking and just changing the dynamics of games and unfortunately um, for Warriors fans and possibly Draymond he's cost his team possibly the series and I mean, we may be looking at one more game of Draymond Green in a Warriors uniform.
0: Yeah, it it really feels like it could be the beginning of the end. So we do this every Wednesday here. We play real or fake. Let me throw one out. Usually we save this for like the third segment, but I think this is so big. All right, real or fake? Draymond Green being suspended means the Warriors dynasty is over.
1: You know, you never want to count out a champion, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're unlocked on Lockdown NBA first time and just throwing yeah, you into yeah. the fire
1: here. Fire, <laughs> I'm gonna say it's real. I'm gonna say it's real.
0: No, I, I think so. Especially if they go down 0-3, right? This is a team that's really struggled, especially on the road. They lost the first two of this series. You know, maybe they drag the series out further, but it, when it gets back, if they get it that far to. Sacramento, I don't exactly have faith in this team to win on the road. They really, really needed to be able to win these two home games coming up. And if they don't do that, like it feels like they're kind of done. And this, this hurts them. They need him. They need his defense with that high scoring Kings offense.
1: Yeah. You know, it's shocking to me, at least I thought that with the way he ended the game, I thought he was going to rile his team up. I mean, he, he did it against your Pelicans. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Where he just changed the dynamic of the game. He got CJ yep. McCollum to act out of character. And so I just, I I tweeted to her. I think I texted somebody. I said, oh, yeah, Golden State's going to win this. They're, they're going to rally behind him. And it didn't happen. And he gets suspended. It's kind of like a, a, a double whammy there. Yeah, it's just kind of like, if
0: that's not going to do it anymore, like, what more kind of do they have with this sort of thing? I was texting to John Krause, who's usually on here, and he was saying that, you know, Draymond's cost them a lot, right? He cost them, arguably, a title against the Cavaliers. This could arguably cost him a title. He's won four championships with them, so it's not like he's taken away from them a ton here. He's still very much a net positive. But imagine... Without some of this stuff, if they win that title against the Cavaliers, if this doesn't happen and they go on, you we'd be talking about Steph Curry chasing his sixth title and tying Michael Jordan. And this kind of comes down to one of those big, like, what ifs and looking back on things of like how the conversation could be so different if you didn't have some of these things from Draymond
1: Green. Yeah, and, and some will even say that he ran Kevin Durant away, you know, with that whole argument. Yeah, that's a great point. So- so you could say maybe seven, seven. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's it's wild. Draymond. That's why we're leading with it, right? Yeah, it's
0: Draymond. <laughs> no, but yep. you, you, you make a good point, though, of how it could have fired up the team. We've seen that in the past, right? And they don't win those four titles without him. So you, I don't think... You really want to look at him as like a net negative, and I know he's got a lot of detractors. And I'm kind of neutral on him. Amazing player. This stuff annoys me. Maybe it's also being burned earlier in the season when when that happened to the Pelicans. Uh, and it's just I don't know, man. Like this is one of those things that might kind of blow open the title race here because I think a lot of people were still really believing in the Warriors, and now their their battle just got a whole lot harder.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's always hard to count a champion out, so I think yeah. even. With the struggles that they had this season, especially winning on the road, a lot of people, including myself, felt like they are going to find a way to get it together. At first, I thought, OK, at the start of the year, they're going to figure it out. OK, after all-star break, they're going to figure it out. Then it's like, all right, in the playoffs, with Wiggins back, Golden State is going to figure it out. And <laughs> now it's it's very real that this could be this could be the end.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Game three, Wednesday night, this is going to be a fun one. They'll be recapping it and what could be the beginning of the end for the Golden State Warriors on the Thursday episode of Locked on NBA. So we had actual NBA playoff games. We'll get into those coming up. The Suns versus the Clippers. It was David versus Goliath. Chris Paul versus Scott Foster. We'll talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on NBA. But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked on NBA is brought to you by the ultimate pro basketball GM the coolest game i played in a long time i've always thought i could be a great nba gm as it turns out not that easy so if you've had the same thought and want to manage your own basketball franchise go and download ultimate pro basketball gm right now the game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise playing through multiple seasons you lead your franchise through free agency the draft you've got upgrade and manage your facilities hire the right head coaches you do it through multiple seasons in a realistic game world and best of all ultimate pro basketball GM is completely free and playable offline so you can play whenever you want wherever you want we have a league with all of our locked on NBA hosts I'm not doing too well but we've had a couple of people the Bulls have won multiple titles in there and locked on NBA listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in the game store so make sure to check it out To download the game just visit probasketballgm.com scan the code or look it up on the app stores that's probasketballgm.com ultimate basketball gm start your dynasty today and thank you for making locked on nba your first listen today and every day we're here monday through friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about the league the biggest stories the big playoff games and let's jump into the Clippers losing to the Phoenix Suns, 109-123. Chris Paul finally beat Scott Foster here. He was – I've seen it reported both ways. 0 for 13 with him, 0 for 14 with him. I don't know. That was the, the biggest thing I was curious about in this game, Raphael going into it. Nice to see Chris Paul get that, that win maybe?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's crazy that – that was stat for that. Like, who – <laughs> has a, who goes down every game and looks at the referees and, and keeps a stat and I mean I haven't confirmed it but I have seen the same over for 13 and and um, what's crazy is it's like all right he's over for 13 at least that's what what I read with a, it, to me a must win game oh yeah even though it's only game two a must win you don't want to go down 0 2 without. Paul George, to a team without Paul George. So that was a huge win for the Suns and Chris Paul today.
0: Yeah, this one really played into their hands in the second half. They looked a little bit sluggish, I thought, to start. And then in the second half, just kind of had an answer for everything the Clippers tried and kind of forced their hand A lot. And I don't know if the Clippers have had a ton of answers, but you saw them running that drop coverage against the Phoenix Suns, and that's just kind of perfect for a team like this, giving them those open mid-range jumpers. But when you have Chris Paul, who was 8 of 14, 16 points, can hit those. Devin Booker can hit those. He had 38. And, of course, Kevin Durant can hit those with 25. They just needed to really lean on those guys, and they were going to have the right kind of looks in the second half what do you think about the Los Angeles Clippers going kind of super small? Since Zubach and that drop coverage wasn't working for them, they tried Kawhi Leonard at center with four guards around him, and just that didn't work either. And that kind of worries me a little bit for the Clippers. I
1: honestly felt like their game plan worked. They wanted Torrey Craig to be the difference maker, and he made five out of eight. I, I think it's a yeah. situation where if you're the Clippers, you you say, well, we're gonna to leave Toy Craig open. If he beats us, then he beats us. And even though like Durant was efficient, which he's been all year, Booker was 14 of 22. They're they're big three in the sense where lights out. I still think the difference was Toy Craig making five out of eight from three. You take away those those threes, then I think it's a totally different game.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a really big part of it. He could he basically couldn't miss for a yeah. little bit, and you saw. It, kind of the reverse happened for the Clippers, right? Like their role players weren't really able to get things done. You had Nick Batum go 0 for 4. You had Norm Powell go 4 for 11 off the bench. There, Bones Highland went 2 for 7. Those guys missed. I uh, went 0 for 11 from three. Like certainly you're not going to win very many games when that's the case. And the Clippers had that three point shooting advantage in the first half before they allowed a Suns run to get back into it. And then from then on, they weren't able to kind of recapture some of that. And I think it let Phoenix really kind of hang around in the first half and then let them just kind of do their thing in the second.
1: Yeah. I think if the Clippers run the same exact game plan in game three, I mean the, the sun's big three, they, they are capable of those hot shooting nights again but you know they always say that the the role players play better at home, and I think that the Clippers' role players will play a little bit better. I mean, I mean, it's the only way to go. Yeah, they with can't us. play worse, right? <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I, I take my chances on Troy Craig again. You know, shooting open shots. I don't know if he goes five or eight for three.
0: No, probably not. And they they really just got nothing from the bench. You saw Monty Williams more or less just run an eight-person rotation. He tends to run a lot of guys, I think, so it was good to see him kind of shorten it up and, and lean on some of those guys. Are you surprised? So this was also that kind of quiet the five and four guards around him was something they did in game one. And it also worked and they, and they won that. Were you surprised when it wasn't really working to see Robert Covington get no minutes as their small ball five to try and kind of be that defensive presence out there?
1: Yeah, I I think the Clippers have this situation where they have so much depth and so many guys that are capable of playing that it ends up working against them, especially in the playoffs when you need to shorten your rotation and I knew somebody was going to get left mm-hmm. out. I didn't think it would be Covington. I mean, even though like some of the guys got in like at the very end, yeah. But if you, there's no way I would have thought that Bones Highland would play 14 more minutes. Covington.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's especially when what you were doing very clearly wasn't working, and this game felt further out of reach from the Clippers than probably the final score was at one point it was like eight points in the fourth quarter. And to me, it didn't feel like that. It felt like a 20 point lead for, for the Suns. I thought, Uh, you know, hopefully for them, it comes down to the role players, as you said, being better at home, which is usual. You know, it's also kind of great to see a resurgence for Russell Westbrook, who's Outside of Kawhi has been their best player, I think, by far in the series, offensively and defensively, just kind of doing his thing. It's a nice redemption story given everything that he kind of went through with the Los Angeles Lakers earlier on in the year.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh I mean I would love to somehow see a Lakers Clippers playoff series, even though you know I don't want to see like Durant losing the first round. Because I mean you can imagine all the, the commentary behind that. But I've, I've always liked Westbrook. I know that his, his style of play and, and maybe how he's dealt with the media has allowed him to to have a lot of people that don't like him. But I just did not want to see his career end like that. And, and so I think that he would have been in a tough spot, in my opinion, of having a job next year if he did not play well with the Clippers just because he has such a, a, a big name and – it's almost like Carmelo Anthony in a sense. Like if he's not going to be one of your top rotation guys, his name is too big to have at the back end of your rotation because it's just going to be a media storm of why didn't Russ play? Why didn't he do this? Why didn't he do that? So I think he really kind of saved his, his well not I don't want to say saved his career, but he put himself in position to play in the NBA again next year. With the way he's played this year, yeah, series. like
0: I, he looks like a a very valuable piece for them right now. You have to imagine he'll, I would assume, likely be back with the Clippers next year. But I think that's a great point. It's just. You know, he looked like he was going to be in an odd spot, right? Wouldn't get the contract that he probably wanted. You know, he's been accepting of a bench role, but would he also be accepting of an end of bench role? Which I think is a very different conversation than being a team's six man. As you said, the media storm around him—he's kind of a lightning rod for those sorts of things, but. You know, even after the incident with the fan in game one, he's getting the last laugh here, it really feels like, to a lot of kind of the difficulties he's faced earlier on in the year. Defensively, man, he looks like a different player right now, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that was like one of the biggest knocks on him in L.A., despite the fact that, you know, Russ is always going to give effort. He was never considered a great defender. I think he was maybe even overrated because some people just – I think athleticism equals great defender, but he's at least bought into whatever Lou is uh, preaching defensively, made some good defensive plays. Just wasn't enough tonight.
0: No, we'll see. This series tied 1-1. It's going to head back to Los Angeles for Game 3, so go make sure you check out the Locked on Clippers podcast, Locked on Suns as well, to get a little bit more in-depth from our great hosts on both of those. So we had two more games. We're going to really dive in, though, to the New York Knicks and the Cleveland Cavaliers. You had Darius um, Garland going off. We're going to talk about that one coming up here next in today's episode of locked on NBA before we do that though today's episode of locked on NBA is brought to you by game time if you're trying to go to one of the playoff games you don't need to stress about getting last minute tickets because you can get them very easily on the game time app buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful and game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music and comedy near you and with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. I love game time. It's a Friday night, a Saturday night. You're looking for something to do wherever you live. Get on there. Find tickets to the show that you want to go to. Have an awesome date night. You don't need to plan months in advance because game time has uh, deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And they have exclusive flash deals on tickets for Everything and the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So download the Game Time app, create an account, use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account, redeem code locked on for $20 off. Download Game Time today, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. We're here breaking down everything you want to know about the association, the biggest stories. And for our everydayers, get a big game three, as we talked about in the first segment between the Suns and the, uh, between the Kings and the Warriors coming up. No Draymond Green. You have the Lakers on Wednesday night trying to even up the series with the Memphis Grizzlies. They're going to be recapping it all on the Thursday show. So we had two more games in the playoffs on Tuesday night. You had the uh, the Boston Celtics kind of running away and being in control against the Atlanta Hawks. Go listen to Locked On Celtics, Locked On Hawks, if you want more about that one. But I want to look at the Cleveland Cavaliers beating the New York Knicks here, 107-90. Darius Garland, kind of good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, 32 points, 6 of 10 from 3. I mean, he was definitely the the difference maker I mean if you're a Knicks fan and someone tells you Donovan Mitchell was held to seventeen points you you think that you had a really good chance to win but instead you got smacked by 17 and yeah <laughs> yeah you got to take advantage of Donovan Mitchell. Not having a great night, but it was just, they didn't need him. They didn't need yeah. Him at they all. just really
0: didn't need him to do a whole lot when you had Darius Garland doing what he did, as you mentioned, thirty two points. I mean Mitchell had thirteen assists, which is a uh, postseason high for him. But in the first half, when you had Mitchell uh, Garland going for twenty six, that kind of just made it easy, and they cruised. It it was interesting to see they basically just outdid the Knicks at everything it kind of felt like it, you know the Knicks having one game one you thought this one would be a little bit closer but they really kind of came back down to earth and I think you had the Cleveland Cavaliers just kind of out for blood and wanting to prove that no this series shouldn't be tilting in the Knicks favor at all they just came out well I thought really with more intensity and able to kind of do all those hustle things a little bit better
1: yeah I mean if you're a Knicks fan you probably felt like game one was like better than expected and then game two it's like all right every fear we had <laughs> and every doubt we had about this team was just intensified <laughs> so it's gonna be I imagine just a weird range of emotions for Knicks fans because I mean they just look bad today I mean R.J. Barrett struggled again Julius Randall was eight for 20 Brunson who has been I mean he's been great all year was five for 17 one of eight for three I mean, they really, really struggled, and like I said, R.J. Barrett, I mean, I imagine that, I haven't checked the Knicks' Twitter, but I imagine he's catching a lot of flack for his performance. No, probably
0: not a fun day to be him. I mean, as you said, like, they just looked awful. That's like the best way to describe it. They were seven of 29 from three. They couldn't get anything down low in the paint. And you had the Cavaliers just shutting that down. They had 38 points in the paint. They had 17 turnovers, you know, and you also had Cleveland with 17 turnovers and they weren't able to even really truly take advantage of that. It was just every aspect they seemed not ready for. I You wonder if the flagrant foul on um Jarrett Allen on Julius Randle at the end is going to maybe fire that Knicks team up a little bit now that you kind of had that moment in the series which is maybe an inflection point
1: possibly but I think everybody's wondering why was he even the game at that point so that ends up being uh you know it's going to be a lot of people to have questions about Tips, like why would you play your guys? I think he wasn't even the only starter on the floor, if I'm not mistaken. I think Brunson was still out there too when it happened.
0: It was like a twenty point game, and all of those guys are out there, and it's kind of like what is going on. Even the broadcast was like openly questioning it, saying like this is how players get hurt, and you don't need this. They had a shot of Derrick Rose right during something like that, and it was like you don't want this. This isn't the way to go, and. Yeah, I remember l- watching this game and being like, "Why why are these guys still playing even for the Cavaliers a little bit too, right? Like they had a lot of their guys in and I don't really know what either side was truly thinking about that." That's a great point. It's one of those things that's so kind of confusing, and I guess it was just to prove a point to the
1: Knicks, maybe if you're the Cavaliers on their side of things. I I don't know. <laughs> like if there <laughs> if it was another team, you would think like all right, this is gonna fire them up for next game. But I think because it's the Knicks and because Tibbs has a reputation for, you know, playing his guys too much, the story instead of is it gonna rally? Are the Knicks gonna rally behind this flagrant file? Is gonna be why were they in? Why were they in the game at that late? So I'm looking forward to reading the the Knicks columns tomorrow because I, I mean, it's just always fun to read. Knicks fans are so emotional and 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 passionate. So I'm looking forward to that seeing
0: seeing, kind of the, the energy behind the loss and the sky is falling with everything that could be yes. going on there. If um if John Morant doesn't play tonight against the Lakers, is that going to be kind of skies falling for the Memphis Grizzlies?
1: Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, his comments of I'm good in the West. I mean, talk oh, about this, a, a comment that uh, – that that he wishes he could take back. I mean, there's a lot of things he probably wishes he could take back over the last six months or so, maybe even the last twelve months or last year. But yeah, it's 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 a must win. It's it's. I mean, it's still LeBron James, even though the Lakers had a you know up and down season. You don't want to you don't want to fall down two games when you had home court advantage. It, it's. It's weird to say it's a must win when it's only game two, but this is a must win. It,
0: it, it feels like that for a couple of these, right? We said it for the Suns, too, that felt like they've got to win that. And if they go down 0 2 and all of a sudden the, the series is shifting to LA, like that feels like you could just be done. It feels oddly the same for the Memphis Grizzlies, and we'll see what ends up happening with. John Morant here but if they go down 0-2 to the Lakers and John Morant doesn't play and I would assume then he'd play in game three which is Saturday I think in LA that doesn't feel particularly great all of a sudden the Lakers are at home they're sleeping in their own beds this is a team that you know you came in and maybe the momentum was on the side of the Lakers a little bit like that's where this all of a sudden ends up I doubt I doubt in a sweep but it feels like that could be in play here if they go down 0-2
1: yeah I mean fortunately for Memphis um they have been good without Morant yeah but that is when I think they're at full well like you can't be at full strength without Morant but that's when their front court <laughs> is playing and they just they're, they're too thin in the front court and you know missing it's, it's gonna hard be hard to beat la missing like three of your top what six or seven rotation guys. So, yeah. I'm I think he's going to play. I think they're going to try to figure out a way to get him to play. But I can't imagine h- him being too effective if it's his right shooting hand. And so, especially with Anthony Davis clogging up the paint the paint the way he played and you know if Jai can't shoot, you can just sit back there and just mm-hmm. force him to the rack. So, it's going to be tough for Memphis.
0: Yeah, Anthony Davis was 7 blocks in game one that defensive presence is a real big deal it's gonna be fun i'm excited the playoffs have been some of the games i should say have been fun so far some of them haven't we've seen some good performances we're gonna be covering it here on locked on nba and that's gonna do it for this episode of locked on nba on wednesdays i'm your co-host jake madison at nola jake on twitter and this is Raphael Barlow at Ra- at Barlow 500, host of Locked On NBA Big Board. Give him a follow. He's got all the best draft coverage. Raphael, thanks, man, for hopping on with me tonight.
1: Yeah, anytime. Anytime you need me on, let me know. We can make it happen.